This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. As we were finishing up the last little bit of worship, I got to thinking about the season we're in. You know, it seems like things are trying to get turned back up in the wrong direction again for the COVID stuff and things like that. But that shouldn't affect your family. Amen. Amen. I, don't, I want to give you. I want to give you a verse. I pulled it up off my cell phone because I have the Amplified Bible on my cell phone. But I was thinking about this. I was thinking about me. I was thinking about you. I was thinking about all of us that as believers. We've got to always remember we're in the world. We're not of the world. Amen. We live in an earth suit, but our spirit is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we're temporarily down here in this earth suit. But Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to look this in the Amplified Bible. And if the media puts it up there, that's good. If not, that's okay. But Hebrews chapter 12, the first two verses, says this. Therefore then, and chapter 12 follows verse 11. And verse 11, it tells about a lot of the, the faith, the faith giants, the faith heroes of the Old Testament. And then he tells us here that since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that's about the people from heaven that get to look down and see what we're doing. You know, maybe some of your dads and moms, like my dad and mom, some of ours have loved ones in heaven. They get to look over and see what we're doing down here for Jesus. And so we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that have borne testimony to the truth. Let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily and deftly and cleverly cleaves to and entangles us. And here's what I want to get to. Let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. And so he tells us we as believers have something God's called us to do. And I look at all the different faces and things that know in our lives. God has us all gifted in different ways, wired in different ways, stationed in different places in life. Maybe, maybe we're in the military. Maybe we're working at a factory. Maybe we're working at a store. Or whatever it is you're working at, God has you there to be a witness. He says, that's your race. You're supposed to be where you're supposed to be. He said, you keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't be distracted. And then, look at this. Here's here's what I want to give you. This is for you. This is for me. Looking away from all that will distract. It's a distraction. When you hear, hey, you hear so-and-so. They tested positive. And so them and the whole department won't be here. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? They tested positive. Tell you what, for the season we're in, things trying to light up everywhere. All of a sudden, we're seeing empty places in a lot of places like that. That's a distraction. It says you don't focus on that. You don't ignore it. You speak the Word of God. You plead the blood of Jesus. You claim tithers' rights. You walk in faith. You walk in love. Keep on running your race. But it says, it says, look at it away from all that will distract to Jesus. You look to Jesus, says, who is the leader and the source of our faith. Jesus is the leader and source of our faith. And so it says that he's the one that gave the first incentive for our belief and also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. And so years ago, when the Lord was speaking that verse to my heart for where I was in life at the time, he said this, to keep my eyes on Jesus is to keep my eyes on the Word. Because He is the Word. To keep my eyes on the Word 
is to keep my eyes on Jesus. Susan, I'll get back up there in a minute because this is not my sermon. This is just where I'm talking right now. Got to see some eyeballs. And so the whole thing is, I as a pastor have been around weak Christians too many times that say, I got my eyes on Jesus. I said, well, what, what scripture are you standing on then? Uh, you know, the Bible. I said, wait a minute, if you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to keep your eyes on what he said. So what scripture are you standing on for your healing? Well, you know, the Bible. No, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture are you standing on for that raise? What scripture are you standing on for your family member? What scripture are you standing on? It says, looking away from all will distract to Jesus. The devil makes sure he throws lots of things in front of your face. They just start focusing on things that are contrary to what Jesus wants you to have. Amen? And so I just want to give this to you right now before we get where we're going with the rest of the service. Looking away from all that will distract. Faith doesn't deny things. There's things going on all around us right now that are not pleasant. But where we live at, we got a new horse. And our horse, I don't know how to say it, puts out a lot more dung than the previous horses. And so my house right now is trying to be overcome by flies. But I will not let the flies overcome me. Amen? I do what I can to keep the dung cleaned up. And then we do what we can to get the flies out of the house. Right now, all this dung of the world is trying to get on us believers. That tried us to make us think. Well, I'm going to gripe about the flies. Gripe about the flies. Don't gripe about the flies. Get rid of the flies. Don't gripe about the COVID stuff, what's going on. Keep your eyes on Jesus through it. Keep speaking the Word. The Word of God over your family, over your life, over your health, over your job, over your friends, over your neighborhood, over our country, over everything, what's going on. That's how you keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your eyes on what He says and you focus on that. Amen? Amen. So get a hold of that. Why did it go so silent? Use it as a clap or something right then. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that, that's what I was thinking. It, it's so easy to let doom and gloom start coming on your house because of things going on. But the joy of the Lord is the strength of my house. We're going to laugh. We're going to praise. We're going to love Jesus. That's the way it's going to be. So tonight, we're going to talk about how to receive healing. From Jesus. How to receive healing from Jesus. And with the winter setting in, and all the different sickness and stuff we see going on, uh, people in the world, people in the church, everywhere, there's just stuff out there. As believers, we need to sharpen up uh, what the Bible has to say. Well, say that again. We need to sharpen up uh, what the Bible has to say about divine healing. And uh, I'm going to start off with 3 John 2, but I think about sharpen up. Uh, I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of, uh, woodcutting lately. I've got a chainsaw. I've got an axe. I got a wedge. I got a lot of stuff I do to sharp, to, to cut wood. And what I found out that if I use my saw very much, it gets dull. And so I have to sharpen my chain. Then I have another saw. I have to sharpen things because I use them. And so as you're being used in life, there may be some things that you knew about healing, but if you don't sharpen yourself, you're going to get dull. And then things are going to slip into your life and into your family, and you're going to think, man, how'd that happen? It's because you didn't get sharp again. And so tonight I'm going to go through some things that for most of us, 
it's going to be just a review and things that we know. But for some of us, it's going to be brand new. But regardless, always take good notes and look in your Bible. And so, how to receive healing from God? Well, number one, as we look at Third John verse 2, we've got to know where God stands on it. And so the Bible says, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Prosper, and another translation say prosper and live in divine health, even as thy soul prospers. And so God says he wants us to be healthy, even as our soul prospers. And I can tell you this, if you never read your Bible, if you pray very little, just when you pray the help me prayer or whatever, but never get sharpened up on spiritual things, listen to faith lessons, go to church or whatever you can do, then your soul's not going to be very prosperous. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to prosper and live in divine health and receive divine healing if you need it, then you're going to have a good spiritual life. You're going to have more than throwing the Bible in the car to break it out of church or pull up a Bible app every once in a while, posting a, posting a verse on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. That's not a sharp, that's not a sharp spiritual life. That's just somebody going through the motions, let everybody know they're spiritual. Oh, oh my or oh me. Amen. If your soul's going to prosper, then God says right here, equal to your soul prospering will be your health. And so I learned off Brother Hagin years and years and years ago in the area of divine healing and health. He said, if I were sick, he said, the first thing I would check would be my word level. He said, the second thing would be my love walk. Am I walking in love towards fellow believers? And, you know, I think about, you know, your car. If your check engine light comes on or something's going on there, then you're going to take the mechanic and they're going to start checking some things. Now they got the little computer things they put on them like that, but they're going to check things. They're going to check and see about your emissions. If that's okay, they're going to rule that out. They're going to start checking other things. But you as a Christian, if you're a serious Christian that knows about healing from the Bible, if things are slipping in, you need to go through a checklist. Amen. Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. And so anyway, he says it's his will for us to stay healthy, live free from sickness and disease. But if we do get sick, God wants us to receive healing from him, either divine healing straight from heaven or medical science or medical science and God working together. Whatever it is, God, God wants you well. That's what he said. He wants you well. And so anyway, Jesus doesn't want his children to suffer. Jesus wants you well. Say it to me. Say, Jesus wants me, wants my family well. He doesn't want us sick. Sickness is not the will of God. Amen. Amen. And so anyway, the Bible teaches uh, many things about divine health. And divine health is you stay well and don't get sick. And you know, that, that's not, that's not there. We're looking at today. We're not teaching about divine health, but the Bible's loaded with scriptures to tell us that if we live right, that God keeps sickness off of us. He doesn't allow it to get in. But if we don't live right and make changes, adjustments He wants us to make, then we open doors. But if, if, if healing gets in, if you do get sick, whether it's a minor thing or a really major serious thing, Jesus wants you to know how to receive His healing power in your physical body, and he wants to speed up the healing process no matter what it is. You know, I, I know over the years, I've, se- I've seen colds and stuff attack, and I've seen my family, myself, and other believers that know how to pray and how to walk with God, get something knocked out in one or two days that's knocking everybody else out for a week. 
two weeks like that. He speeds up the healing process if he gets in. And that's what we're talking about. Whether it's major or whether it's minor, you don't have to go through it. Jesus will get you through it if you know what to do. And so there's many ways to receive healing from God. And back back in the uh, 80s, and what a brother Hagin's means, he's teaching on healing. He made this statement several times, and it's always stuck with me. <clears throat> he said, laying on of hands is one way, but not the only way to receive healing from God. You might want to write that down. That's something you need to know. See, so many people get stuck in a rut, and then they don't know what to do. You know, God gives us a lot of weapons in our armory to use to get what we need to get done. I want to say that again. Healing is, laying on our hands is one way to receive healing from God, but not the only way. Laying on our hands is one way, and that's the way we as believers think most of. But uh, as you mature and learn things, laying on our hands will be something you do for a lot of other people, and occasionally for yourself. But the thing is, God wants you well, that's one way. But I want to just want to tell you about a few other things. Look at James chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. And we're going to come back to lay it on our hands in a minute. But I just want you to see some different things in the Bible. God has made provision for your healing. And I think about, I think about uh, Hosea 4, 6. In Hosea 4, 6, God said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Amen. And you don't know, think about it. All preachers don't teach healing from the Bible because they don't know about it. But lack of knowledge means ignorance. It doesn't mean stupid because educated people in the world could be ignorant about healing in the Bible and be good Christians go to heaven. They just might get there sooner or suffer some things they don't have to. And I'm not judging people. I'm not throwing stones. I'm talking about the Bible. God said his people are destroyed. For lack of knowledge. And so I know that for me as a believer, I want to make sure I stay current on my credentials with God as far as what I know from the Bible and how to act on it. I want to stay fresh. And you know, I think about what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6 that that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, you know, there's lots of different foods I like. I don't eat them one time and say, you know what? I like salad. I like steak. I like baked potato. I had some of that several years ago. I know what it tastes like. Well, I heard about healing 41 years ago. You know what I read on about everyday healing? I eat healing scriptures every day because I don't live by bread alone. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, just as food is to your natural body, the word of God is to your spiritual life. And so you need you need to eat to stay strong. You need to feel the Word to stay strong. And then I think about the praying aspect of it, too. Somebody said, well, I pray a lot. Well, pray it is to your spirit as breathe it is to your body. You need to breathe and you need to eat. You need to pray. You need to study the Bible. You need them both to be able to have a strong spiritual life. That's called a prosperous soul. He said, even as your soul prospers, so shall your health be. And so James chapter 5, 14 through 16 says, is any sick among you? He did not say, is there any sick in Los Angeles? Is there any sick in Barstow? He said, among you in the church. He's talking about Christians here. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let the elders, let them pray over him, anointing him with awe in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith by the elders of the church shall heal the sick. 
and the Lord shall raise him up. If he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults, your sins, your slips, one to another, and pray for one for another that you may be healed. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so right there, he told us two different ways a believer could receive healing that's not laying on the hands. Number one, have the elders anoint you with all and pray the prayer of faith. And he said, with the elders anoint you and pray the prayer of faith, he did not say, you might get better. He did not say, maybe it'll work if you cross your fingers. He said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And you know, I know that I've heard believers say many, many times things like this. If I only knew the will of God, if I only knew the will of God about my healing, if I only knew the will of God, well, here's the will of God. The will of God is the elders can anoint you. But you notice what it said? It did not say, get your wife to call the elders. It didn't say, get mom to call the elders. God wants your faith involved with it. God said, you have faith in his word that you call and say, elders, I'm in trouble. I need healing. I'm asking you to anoint me with all in the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith. And then God said, when you call and they pray, God heals. Amen. I want to say it again. Let on our hands is one way, but not the only way. But then you do notice also in verse 16, he says, pray one for another that you may be healed. And so another way that you get healed is you have a believer pray for you. See, God is telling us he wants you healed. He wants you well. Don't be so spiritually proud that you can't ask somebody to pray for you. If you need it. Amen. It's nice for your faith to be up there where you can pray and get the job done. But I'm telling you, God in the Bible has told us multiple ways we can receive healing. Elders pray the prayer of faith. You notice the prayer of faith? Not the prayer of doubt. Not the prayer of if. Not the prayer of maybe. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Not the prayer of doubt and unbelief and fear. In other words, you don't want just any elder to pray for you. You want somebody to pray for you that, you know, walks with God, called to God, anointed of God. They live, they live what they preach. And, you know, when they pray, they're not going to say, well, I hope this works. I hope this works. They might as well say, twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. They get just as much results if they're doubting if it will work or not. <clears throat> but the prayer of faith will heal the sick and we can pray for one another. So that, that's a couple of ways there that, that, that you can receive healing from God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And here's another way that's prayer between you and God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 28 to 31. And this is a familiar passage if you're a Christian that goes to a church that teaches the Bible. Because I know you're, if you go to a church that teaches the Bible, then they're going to be reading out 1 Corinthians 11 sometimes. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Concerning receiving communion says this, but let a man examine himself. That's between you and God. Examine himself and then let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily in an unworthy manner, eateth and drinketh damnation or judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now look at this, verse 30. This is a big verse. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. Or many die prematurely. And so, 
God says right here again, among you. He didn't say out there in the world. He said in the church, in the congregation. He said many. He didn't say a few. Many are weak and sickly for this cause. Ever go look at the cause. Many are weak and sickly among you, and many die before their time. Talk about taking communion in an unworthy manner. He said, stop and examine yourself and discern the Lord's body. Amen. And I want to say this. He said, many are weak and sickly. He didn't say that that's the cause for all sickness. But he said, among Christians, he said, many Christians are weak and sickly and die before their time. He said, because they don't discern the Lord's body. And I've pointed this out so many times. That word discern means to see. And so there's two aspects to that. Number one, Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins. But all the way to the, to the cross, he was scourged, received 39 stripes with the Roman whip. And out of those stripes there, Isaiah says, Matthew says, Peter says, with those stripes on that body, we were healed. And so we need to see that Jesus died for our sins shed his blood for us so we can be born again, raised from the dead, but also, while we're living on earth, he took stripes on his back. We need to see and know it's not something that we can... We can't buy our salvation. We can't buy our healing. Jesus paid totally for our salvation. He paid totally for our healing. By his stripes, we were healed. And so he says right there, for this caused me weak and sickly because they don't see that. And so that's one thing. That's called ignorance because they've never seen it in the Word. And then number two... The New Testament teaches that we are the body of Christ. I'm part of his body. You're part of his body. Worldwide, around the whole earth, everybody that's a born-again Christian is part of his body. It doesn't make any difference if they're Democrat or Republican or they're black, they're white. No matter what nation they live in, no matter what they are, if we don't love them, faith works by love. If we don't love them, then we're not loving the Lord's body. And Jesus told Saul, why, why are you persecuting thou me? He takes it personally if we don't love our fellow believers. He said, because they don't discern the Lord's body, politics, race, has nothing to do with the body of Christ. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And if we don't see that, then our faith's going to be hindered. Amen. Then look at the next verse. Look at the next verse, verse 3. What? For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. And so, when we take communion... And we honestly judge ourselves and make corrections as Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, then we'll receive healing. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? Laying on of hands is one way to receive healing, but not the only way. You can receive divine healing at communion time. When we take communion, and you don't have to do it in church. You can take communion at home. My wife and I many times in our married life well, we know we need to have a special communion time. We get the grape juice out of the refrigerator, break off a piece of cracker. And what we've got, we get on our knees, we open our Bible, we open our hearts and look up to heaven, and we take communion. But I want to tell you this again. God said that if you judge yourself, then you're going to receive healing from heaven. Amen. Can you see that? And so I've shown you ways we as Christians receive healing. And I really want to talk about this tonight because there's too much stuff going around that we should not participate in. Amen. And I'm not at all preaching against doctors' medicines or anything going on, not in denial. I'm just saying this. As Christians, we've got the answer to the problems for our families, for our lives. Amen? Amen. Are you getting this? 
Amen. Look at First Corinthians chapter 12. One chapter over. First Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, I'm, I'm going to just look at verse, verses 1 through 12 talks about the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit. But I want you to see verse 9 and verse 10. Talk about spiritual gifts, gifts of the Spirit. It talks about verse 9. talks about these gifts to another faith by the same Spirit. They're the gifts of healings. Gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. And so, special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles are gifts of the Spirit. And sometimes Jesus sovereignly, Jesus sovereignly, without even your faith involved, will just heal people. He does that sometimes. And you know what? It's really good to go to a Holy Ghost church that believes in the gifts. It's really good to be in a place where people don't say, well, you know what? Those passed away with the apostles. That's not for the day. I would not be caught alive in a church that didn't believe in the Holy Ghost, the power of God. I want to say that again. I would not be caught alive. I'm not going to say caught dead. I wouldn't confess that. I wouldn't be caught alive in a place that didn't give place to the Holy Ghost, especially if I knew somebody that I wanted to get healed. I'd say, man, get in this atmosphere. There's gifts of healings. There's working of miracles. Gifts of special faith here. And we've seen so many of those things happen in this church right here. And I want to say this again. Laying on of hands is one way that God heals, but there's many ways. And this uh, gifts of the Spirit is another way. Amen. You get anything out of this? Amen. And so gifts of healings, working of miracles, are another way that God heals. But it's not the norm. But it is one way. Now I want you to go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, this is the most common that we're all familiar with. But at the same time, we need to look at it again. How many know that faith pleases God? Hebrews eleven six says faith pleases God, and faith comes by what? Hearing the word of God. I'd like to have my faith built up. Mark chapter 16, I'm going to read verse 17 through 20, and then talk about it. And this is probably my favorite, and, and most spiritual believers uh favorite verses two on healing. And so then verse seventeen he says this and these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. It doesn't say these things will follow Christians. It said these things will follow Christians that believe it. There's a lot of Christians don't believe this. They don't think it's for the day, they don't think it's for now. They think the people that believe in this and, and, and practice laid on their hands, they think we're wacky, way out there left field. And uh, like, like somebody put on Facebook last week, if you doubt it, do without it. Amen. But I know that for me, I'm going to grab it and blab it, and I'm going to get healed if I need healing. Amen. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name, in my name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, shall they cast out demons, speak with new tongues? Somebody said, well, I'll never go to a tongue-talking church. Well, that's okay. I'm going to go to a tongue-talking church. You don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. But I'll tell you what, you get a whole lot more heaven working in your life if you're a tongue-talker. It just stirs things up and gives place to more things. It says, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and hope something happens. They shall lay hands on the sick, 
and maybe they'll get lucky. No, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they what? Shall recover. There's no might, there's no if, there's no maybe. He said, lay hands sick, and they shall recover. Verse 19 and 20. So then, after the Lord has spoken unto them, he has received up in heaven, set on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere. Look at this. The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them and confirming the word, confirming the word, confirming the word with signs following. With signs following. And so I know that I learned a long time ago, as far as preachers go, if there's things in your church that you need to get accomplished and bring the people's faith up, you preach the word on that subject. And then God confirms the word. You know, if, you're, if your church is going through financial crisis and people hold out on God, you preach on tithing. You preach on giving. The blessings and benefits, faith comes up. When faith comes up, he confirms the word. If there's sickness going around, you teach on healing. People's faith gets built up, and then Jesus works with us, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I want to look at this a little closer on the things here that he said. I want you to notice in verse 17, the signs follow believers in the name of Jesus. That's called delegated authority or power of attorney. Power of attorney. How many here have an idea about what power of attorney is? Anybody here ever used power of attorney? I know we've used it before in situations, especially in sometimes if you've got a sick loving in a nursing home or something like that. Somebody in the family has to have power of attorney to sign legal papers, things need to get done. One time when I was uh, on a missions trip away from the church in Indiana, we was in the process of selling the building and buying a building, so I had to give power of attorney to my wife to sign my name because I was the president of the corporation. So while I was thousands of miles away, we did a big, big, big financial transition as if I were sitting in the bank signing the paper. Because when she signed my name, because I gave her power of attorney, when she signed my name, that's the same thing as me signing it. And so when Jesus said, in my name, in my name, power of attorney, they shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And this says, Lord working with them. That means this. Think about this. You've got your checkbook, which is kind of a dinosaur, but I still got checkbooks. But anyway, you've got your checkbook. You got lots of money in the bank. And I say, hey, Dave, you know what? I want to really help your family this year. I'll tell you what, don't worry about it. Those things you guys really want to do, don't think about the money. And you know I'm a man of wealth, got the money in there. I just give you the check, my name's on it. I say, Dave, just go out, take that deposit in there, don't worry about the money's there. And so if Dave has confidence and knows me and my character that I wouldn't lie to him, I told him the truth. You know what Dave would do? He'd go out, he'd probably, probably I'm talking about if Dave was a man of the world like to buy glittery things, he'd probably say, you know what? I want to go out, I want to buy that vehicle for my wife that she always really wanted. And I want to go out and buy these things we really wanted. And that vacation that we really want to take, I'm going to go ahead and book that because I've got this check right here. I know the man's name on there is good to back this thing up for whatever amount it is. Just go out and do it take care of it. That's why Jesus said, in my name, I've signed the check. Said, you go out, and that's why I have confidence. If somebody comes to me for a prayer for healing, whether it's a little kid that's got a cut finger, whether somebody comes up here and says, the doctors only gave me ten days to live, I've got confidence in the name of Jesus, power of attorney, 
that when I lay hands on them in the name of Jesus, I'm not looking to me and my great faith. I've got faith in the name. He told me, use his name, use your hands, and says, they shall recover. And so I've learned a long time ago that whenever I lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, all of the healing power available from heaven comes through me. Whatever they need, the power of God's going to show up. That's not just me wishing for it. That's just me simply taking Jesus at his word. He said, lay hands on them in my name and they shall recover. Unless it would be COVID, you know what the news says. Or unless it would be this, well, you know what kind of life they lived. They're the one that caused it. They brought that on themselves. What about the blood of Jesus' forgiveness? When, they, when they've got their heart right, they've asked for forgiveness. Sickness and disease comes from the devil and from the curse on the earth through the fall of man. And so the whole thing is, God wants us well. Jesus wants us well. And so, if I ever laid hands on somebody, and they failed to receive, I would never say, well, Jesus, it didn't work for them. You know what I'd say? Jesus, I know you told me, every time I lay my hands on them, your power comes down, so I know that I did my part, you did your part. we got a bad connection on this end somewhere. Amen. I've known people that I've prayed for before that come from religious backgrounds with religious churches and they've had wrong teaching so they wouldn't expect anything to happen anyway. So because of their unbelief, they stopped the power. It came down, they stopped the power. Or I've known people I've prayed for that found out later they were living in gross sin and thought they could still live in sin and receive God's best and they wouldn't repent and change their lifestyle and so they didn't receive. That didn't change the word. God's word says, lay hands on them, power of eternity in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. So I know that for me, what I've learned for that 41 years of doing this, that when I lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, healing power always comes. If not, then he should have put that denim in that verse right there said, except. He didn't say that. He says, he confirms the word with signs following. So we as believers have to be able, when we're praying for people and helping them, we have to be able to assure them, here's what Jesus said. And that they have a problem receiving, say, well, let's, let's just find out where the connection went faulty. Let's make a right connection here. And when we show people what the Bible says, that's why I'm so big about believers always having a Bible. Of course, we've got the apps now. And be able, I always, when I can, open a Bible, let them read it with their own eyes. As preferably their own Bible. As I say, sometimes, you know, if it's somebody that doesn't sit under things like we teach here from the Bible, I'll have them read that out loud a few times. Now, what's that say right there? It says right here that if I lay hands on you in Jesus' name, it says Jesus is going to work with me with signs following, and you're going to recover. And you know what? By the time somebody reads that a few times and looks at it and sees it right in the Bible, their faith starts coming up. And so you've helped the connection. And then... After you've prayed for them, and the daughter is gone, and then you begin to teach them. Now, the Word of God says right here that you're recovering. So you just, you thank Him every day that I'm recovering. I'm getting better every day because, Jesus, you said so. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to look at a couple more verses since we have time. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And I want to look here because a lot of people don't realize 
that Jesus practiced what he preached. What he told us to do is what he always did when he was on earth. Matthew chapter 8, verse 2 and verse 3. Jesus practiced laying on of hands all the way through the Gospels. It says that, Behold, there came a leper at worship him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou come makes me clean. Jesus put forth his hand. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. That's called laying on of hands. Jesus laid hands on the sick and says, saying, I will be thou clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus did what he told us to do. And so then Jesus said, I'm going to heaven now. I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. You're the body. And said, I want to use your hands. He said, Virginia, could I use your hands today? He said, Melinda, could I use your hands? Amen. He said, Jesse, can I use your hands today? Blake, can I use your hands today? That's what Jesus said. said, he went up to heaven. He said, you guys saw in the Gospels what I did. And now I'm telling you, in my name, I'm giving you what I had. You can do it. Amen. And so he says, immediately, the guy was healed. I want you to look over verse 14 and verse 15. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house... He saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And, you know, I dare to say that some of us watching this, some of us in here tonight, probably know somebody right now that's laid and sick of a fever. And can I tell you something? The anointing works through rubber gloves. How do I know that? Because Jesus had a woman come to him, said she had an issue of blood, and anointing came through that garment, said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Anointing came right through that cloth garment, Anointing will work through gloves. I know that it's uh, not supposed to touch people without gloves. And so you can have your gloves on and pray for somebody and the anointing go right through the gloves. You don't have to be afraid. Amen. And so anyway, says that his wife's mother was laid and sick of a fever and he touched her hand. Guess what that's called? Laid on her hands. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. And so, over the years, through me personally laying hands on people, I have seen double-barrel snot dry up. What's double-barrel snot? I've prayed for people that had both guns, had yellow coming out both sides. I've laid hands on their forehead, and I've seen it dry up and go away, just like that. I've prayed prayed for people sometimes, and they got better in a day or two. But the whole fact of the matter is, when you lay hands on the sick, in the name of Jesus, healing power of God flows. Sometimes they get it right now, but the main thing is, as long as they stay hooked up and believe in what's going on, they're going to get it quicker. They just have to go through the normal process. So anyway, I just want to tell you this. Healing from God is for every human being on earth today, but there's just one requirement. He said, those that believe. And so you can pray for people that don't believe yet and get them healed, but God expects them at some point in time to start getting it on their own. And so I'll just tell you guys right now, don't be afraid of what's going on. Be smart. Wear a mask. Use sanitizer. Wash your hands. Don't hang out around sick people, etc., etc. But don't let the fear of the atmosphere jump on you and shut your life down. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And we can do this. 
we're coming through this. And glory to God, as for me and my house, we will stay well. Me and my house, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Me and my house, we're going to serve God, and we're going to help everybody we can while we're doing it. Amen. Pastor Dave, you want to close it down? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 